Amen. Well, Pastor Vince is our, if, if you've never met him, he is our extension pastor in Anchorage uh, and our family and really doesn't need a big uh, introduction because he's family. But you can give him a hand and uh, welcome him tonight. Pastor. Okay, well, praise God. How y'all doing tonight? Y'all can be seated for just a moment. Well, praise God. I just want to thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen for inviting me out to, to speak tonight. All the way from Anchorage. I'm here to bring the un adulterated word of God to you tonight you know I am so proud of you guys for what y'all did this Easter and reaching all the people that you reached and all the preparation that you did and all the work I heard there was over a hundred people from this church that came out and put their hands to the plow that is absolutely amazing and kudos to you guys my heart and my hands go out to you Praise the Lord. But I also want you to not grow weary in well-doing. This is no time for a vacation. Okay. Hallelujah. You got to really push this thing. You got to really go out there and get them and cause them to come in. You got to really love like you've never loved before. Because God's bringing them in from the north, the south, east, and west. Such as it's being saved. And they're going to come in here all different kinds, all different ways, all different shapes, all different kinds of different hairdos and 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 all kind of stuff you know it's gonna get crazy around here and now's the time to put your opinion book away let God do his work through you let him pour out his spirit through you and cause people to come into the kingdom and be saved for such a time as this God has gathered you together don't waste this time Ooh. my heart goes out to the people online Praise God. I hope you'll enjoy this, this sermon tonight along with us. You can participate with us and shout with us right in your living room. Hallelujah. Special. Um, just Thanksgiving goes out to my wife, you know, and it is, it is by her, her grace that I'm here. I wouldn't even be saved today if it wasn't for that little lady. Don't let her size fool you. Okay. <laughs> She's, she's more than enough. Hallelujah. <laughs> and Jesus has blessed me with her. You know, they, there are certain religions around that, that espouse having more than one wife. I'm like, <laughs> Woo! oh my goodness. What kind of place? I'm so glad I serve Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. I'm not complaining. I'm just praising God that there's just one person for me. And God knew who she was and he, and he gave her to me. I'm just, I'm amazed at him. He always knows what you need. Hallelujah. It's an amazing thing. Why, why am I talking like this? I do not know. Oh, oh, um, open your Bibles um, anywhere. It's all good. Hallelujah. Praise. It is. I'm telling you, this is, it, it is very good. Open your Bibles with me in Acts chapter 12. And I'll be starting at verse 1 and I'm going to just read till I get tired. Praise God if you don't mind. Oh, my goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. My face is on fire. 
Hallelujah. God's doing something. And don't take it light. Ooh. He's doing something in, in, in Anchorage also. God is moving his power with his might. There's a church that we're looking at. I need you guys to pray for me. It's, it's at a God price because I sure enough couldn't afford their price. <laughs> Woo. Oh, but God is doing something. We, we see the cloud the size of a man's fist and we're believing God for increase and expansion. Are you there in Acts chapter 12? Starting in verse 1, can we all stand for the reading of God's word? It says in Acts chapter 12, verse 1, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with the approval of the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city and it opened for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from, the, from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also Mark, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they, had, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning... There was no small commotion around the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had 
thorough, had, had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards in order that they be executed. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path to reveal your will for our lives tonight, God. We pray, Lord, that we would so watch and so walk in your will, God, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we would be molded and shaped into the very image of your son, Christ Jesus, that everything that we do and we say would represent him in every way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Wow, 1920 verses of scripture that described how Peter was persecuted, thrown in jail, and was miraculously delivered because the church was praying for him. And the people that held him in jail, held captives, instead of Peter dying, 16 guards died in Peter's stead because an angel walked him out of jail. I want to talk to you tonight about radical prayer. Prayer that changes circumstances and situation. Prayer that goes beyond us and beyond this world into the supernatural and does great and mighty things. I'll tell you something, some things will not change unless you pray. And you can cry and moan, and that's great, and God sees each tear that falls, but it does not move him, but prayer. The request of faith changes everything. And some of us, we got to get away from, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep kind of prayers. They worked when you were six and seven. But now, you know that you're 36 and 37. God's not looking for you to pray that kind of prayer to him. He's looking for you to pray the prayer of faith. Ask him specifically for what you want. It is amazing to me, you know, the, the other night, you know, I know you think that, that some pastors aren't pervious. Okay, and they're, they're supermen, you know, armored up and, and always, you know, on the, on the white charger, charging with their sword. But the other night I was distressed and, and I was laying in my bed over, over some family issue and circumstance that was going on. And so being a man of, of power and faith and full of the Holy Spirit that I was, I rolled over and asked my wife, was she asleep? And she said, no, I'm not asleep. And I said... Would you pray for me because my sleep is disturbed because of what we're going through? You know what she told me? I told you she was small in stature. But she rolled over. She said, I'm praying. She said, you ought to do the same thing. Don't encourage her. Please. You know, I was looking for a little sympathy. You know, I was looking for a little comfort. You know, but she wasn't giving none. She was in a war, and she wanted her husband to step up to the plate. And I just went to the Lord. I started off wrong. Just tell you ahead of time. Most, a lot of us do. It's okay. Because you're talking to God. He'll get you right. And stuff. And I said, look at this woman that you gave me. I said, it's in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm stressed and I'm having a bad time. And I said, how would she treat me? I would never treat her like that. God spoke to me in the instant. I'm going to tell you, when God speaks, man, it just changes everything. 
And he spoke to me and his words weren't comforting either. And he was not on my side. But what he said was right. He said, men, men, I'll always to pray and not to faint. I said, oh, God. And it just hit me like that. And I said, man, a woman is right again. But the power of God hit me. And I rolled up on the word of the Lord and began to pray. And I'm telling you, within minutes, the peace of God that passes all understanding came upon me. My strength was renewed, and I was in the mood now. I really wanted to pray. And the fire of God hit me, and I was ignited in the intercession, man. And when I was, when I was done, the enemy was out of my bedroom, out of my mind, out of my heart, and I had faith to believe God to move mountains. You might start off wimpily praying about the wrong thing, but if you let God speak to you and you start repeating what you hear from God, then everything that's impossible then becomes possible. We always want God to alter situations and circumstances for our favor. But I'm reminded of Jesus who who prayed a prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And And he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And I was like... You know, okay. You know, Jesus, you know, is, is, is the man of God. He's the son of God. He is God. And he was praying that this cup be taken from him. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, how do I, how do I reconcile this? Because it, it doesn't sound like he's praying right. But then God gave me another perspective. And he said, man, we go into situations that we don't like. But we ought to be looking for God's will. Because whether, it's, whether it's, it's difficult for us or not, it's not the question. The question is, is whether it's God's will or not. And I said, Jesus set an example for me. That when I go into a situation and circumstances, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what he tells me to do, I am going to be obedient to him. Now, I didn't have strength going into that prayer, but I want you to know when I came out of the prayer, when I came out of communication with God, I had power I didn't have when I got in there. And I believe that Jesus came out of that garden with power he didn't have going in there. And we ought to learn from that. We ought to learn that God doesn't always shape our circumstances and situations for our good. But he gives us power to endure to overcome when we pray to him. I'd rather have the power than to have my little wimpy old way. Power to be beaten. Power to have my, my beard pulled out and still fulfill the purposes of God. I tell I tell people this all the time. You know, you know, you got these hyper, super spiritual people, and I don't mind them. Okay, and I am one, and, and was one, and, and probably will be from time to time again. But the essence of spiritual warfare is our ability to fight the good fight, our ability to overcome the wicked one, our our ability to keep on doing and well doing. Regardless of how we feel, regardless of how we think, regardless of our circumstances and situations, regardless of what happened to us, but get up and fulfill the will of God. 
show me a, 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 a prayer warrior, I'll show you somebody who regardless of the circumstances, situation, will show up and keep on going. They will limp in here, crawl in here, drag themselves in here, and they will do what God wants them to do regardless of what's going on in their life. You don't need one more spiritual warfare conference. You just need to learn how to show up. Doesn't matter if you're scared. Doesn't matter about what they're going to do to you. Jesus didn't matter. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And then he told us to take up our cross and walk. And, And so many people run from the cross. Run from the hard times. Run from the difficulties in life when they should be prayed up. I show you a prayer warrior. A prayer warrior show up for EMP. And they'll show up the first week. And they'll show up the second week. In the 52nd week. In the 152nd week. And not miss a week in between. Not miss a day. And don't just keep coming. Circumstances and situations happen in our life. And we can't be there for everything all the time. But I'm telling you, the essence of spiritual warfare is the ability to show up and allow God, through your weakness, to make yourself strong. So, no more seminars. Just show up. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Back in 1540, that's a long time ago. Martin Luther was very distressed. His good friend and assistant Frederick Marconius, or Myconius, was sick and was expected to die within a short time. From his bed, Myconius wrote a tender farewell letter to Luther. When Luther received the message, he immediately sent back this reply. I command thee in the name of God to live because I still have need of thee in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that thou art dead, but will permit thee to survive me. For this I am praying. This is my will. And may my will be done because I seek only to glorify the name of God. That is a radical prayer right there. He's commanding the guy to get up. You're not going to die because I still have need of you. Wow. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, You ought to read it. It says we come boldly into the throne of God and make our requests known to him. You know why? Because we're his children and he loves us. And we can can see him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can always go in and talk to our father. It's amazing. We have confidence to boldly enter into the most holy place, into God's throne room, into his presence, and make our requests known in the name of Jesus and see an answer to prayer. You know, I'm tired of crying and I'm tired of weeping. I want God to endue me with with power from on high. I want him to give me the strength to overcome. I'm tired of being overcome. I want to overcome some things. Oh, oh, but I'll tell you, man, in prayer, you will get strength you didn't have. You will get a mindset that'll change the way that you think that'll change everything in your life. (laughs) Woo, 
if I listened to ungodly people, I would be depressed, under distress, and I'd be, I'd just be broke down. You know, don't even listen to the news because there's no good news in the news. It's the truth. And I either mad or upset about something every time I look at the news. But when I read the good news, and then when I read God's word, and I read about what he's doing, I get encouraged. I said, that's what I need to do is be encouraged. How be it? On the news the other day, I heard about a, what, a, 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 I can't remember how old the kid was, a 13 or 14 year old kid or something like that that slipped through the ice and was missing any number of moments. And I heard about, this was on the news. I couldn't believe it. And they had this, this man of God that was telling the story about how this man walked out on the ice and stuck his stick through the ice and miraculously hooked the little boy and pulled him up from the ice. Rushed the kid to the hospital. The doctor worked on him for 20 minutes. Walked out into the reception area and told his mom that, you know, for 20 minutes I worked on him. You know, there was nothing I could do. And she said, where's my boy? And they showed him where he was at. You know what she said? She said, in the name of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, get up! Until the doctor's amazement, the boy said, straight up. The machines went off, and his heartbeat was started to register. One week later, that boy would leave the hospital with absolutely nothing wrong with him with a clean bill of health. No brain damage, no respiratory damage. This guy had been under the water for so many amount of minutes and, and, and under the doctor's care as he tried to resuscitate him for, for 20 minutes. But yet he lived because his mama told him to get up. Now, I don't know about you, but you got that kind of mama, you know, <laughs> that even when you're dead, you're going to hear her voice. <laughs> That's some mama right there, boy. And the doctor was amazed. He was just, he'd never seen nothing like it before in his life. Isn't that amazing? You know, I, you know, I don't know nothing about this lady, but I'll guarantee you she was a lady of prayer. And, and she understood stuff about God that nobody else understood. And when she talked to her boy, she fully expected him to respond, and he did. And the doctor was shocked. You know, I read a story about a group of people back in 1984 who built a church in a small town somewhere in the, in the lower 48. And they built this church, before they built this church, they were praying together and they were meeting together. They knew the new church building and they wanted to put it on this piece of property. And they went up to the owner of the property and asked him if they could put their church there. They, the owner of the property said, no, this is historical fact, okay? So they went and somebody had donated a piece of property to them. It wasn't that prime real estate. It wasn't right on the main street and it wasn't right on top of the hill overlooking the whole town. Okay, but it was a nice place and they, they put the thing up on pylons, you know, and, they, and they, they, they built their church. And as they were building it, people were in there praying and seeking God. And, it, and just as they were going to dedicate the building, a major rainstorm hit. And the rain came and the wind started to blow. And that thing was lifted up off its foundations. And it floated down the street. It hit another building, a, a, a little thing, and, 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 it, and it turned the corner. And it, and it went down following the flow of water. And it 
and it, and it went another corner and turned down another street and was flowing down that way. Now watch this. This place is on the top of a hill. And the wind began to blow so hard that that church moved up that hill and sat down in the middle of this man's property who they originally approached about buying it. When the man got up the next morning and saw that the church was sitting in the middle of his property, he decided to sell the property to the church. You can't even make this stuff up, okay? The man said it was the providence of God that brought that church there, and they named the church Providence, and it is there to this day. It's amazing what God is doing through people who will pray. <laughs> that is some crazy stuff right there. Okay. But look what's happening this, the morning that, that we were reading this story about Peter. It, it was the Passover. And so they couldn't kill Peter that day. They had to wait till the next day. And he was coming up on trial. They had already killed James and they was all fired up to, 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 to kill Peter. It, it, it was crazy time in Peter's life. But church people were praying for him. I want you to know the pastor needs your prayers. You know, he's a man on fire for God, but he needs people praying because the enemy is still trying to sift him as wheat and stuff, but don't let him do it. And stuff. Breakthrough is coming to Wasilla. You keep praying for your pastor, your pastors, and your people on staff, your ministry leaders. Pray for the, the Sunday school workers. Pray for the, for the janitors. Pray for the people who show up and keep praying for them. Because the enemy is trying to stop what's happening, but we're not going to let it happen. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says, the church was earnestly praying to God for Peter. Just as a side note, I'm not saying anything. I'm not making any kind of accusations. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. Pray to God. Okay, because a lot of people try to get you to pray to other people and stuff like that. I'm just saying it don't work. You know, they, they're trying to get you to, you know, to pray in, on, to angels and, uh, and other people. Like, just pray to God. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, I'm trying to put nobody down, but I'm just trying to teach the church right. You pray to God in the name of Jesus, and it's going to happen. So God heard their prayers and sent the angel to his prison. Now, I would just like to say this. Although the angel fetched Peter out of jail, it was prayer that fetched the angel to get Peter out. No prayer, no angel. And Peter, but instead, he lived. Now, now look at this. Now, Peter's under arrest. He's locked in the prison. He's got 16 guards over him. 16. You know, sometimes it's it just for us, man, just to let you know an encouragement. Sometimes the odds may be against you. Sometimes it seems like there's just overwhelming. There's no way that you're getting out of your circumstance and situation but God. God and you equals a majority in any circumstance or situation. And I don't think it had 160 guards. It would not have mattered. Peter was coming out of jail because that was the will of God. This is a funny thing. What was Peter doing while he was in jail? 
he was asleep. <laughs> Again. Okay. <laughs> Peter has this uncanny ability to sleep in, in important times. <laughs> but you know what? I would think, and you know, I was distressed over my situation. Remember I was telling you about that? And I was praying that God and God alleviated that and I was able to sleep like a little girl. I mean, I just went, you ever seen a little girl sleep? It's the most beautiful thing in all of Mexico. I watched my granddaughter sleep and she just, she got that thing down to a science. She just out, not a care in the world. And I'm telling you, I was sleep like that. And I believe that Peter was sleep like that. He had saw Jesus sleep like that on the boat. You know, he had an example. He had somebody that, 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 that paved the way for him to have perfect peace in the middle of his circumstance and situation. And we ought to follow the example. You know, sometimes we just need to sleep. You need to stop worrying, stop crying, stop fretting, stop moaning, stop complaining. Just go to sleep. Stick your thumb in your mouth and roll up. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, you know, just do that. You know, curl up and go to sleep, man. After you've prayed and just let God handle it. You know, uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 6 says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Now, how many people know that that sets up a circumstance and situation that says, We don't want this boy to escape? But I want to tell you something. They didn't want nothing to know who do going on. You understand what I'm saying? They locked that man up. And they put 16 guards on him. Two they put in the cell with him and chained him and they was all in there sleeping together. <laughs> Two guards stood outside the gate. And then there was another um, 12 guards all around that. Just for Peter. Because you know what? When the miraculous of God starts happening, everybody starts believing. It was a crazy. They was trying to say, we're going to muster up enough manpower to keep God from saving him. <laughs> you know, they, they already had one major fool boo, you know, because Jesus just disappeared on them. They put the Roman guard in there. They rolled a stone. They sealed it. And still he got out. Amazing, but they weren't gonna let Peter out. <laughs> say, We're not making that mistake again. <laughs> but when God is doing something, here, let me begin to wrap this thing up. You know, because when God is doing something, if people will pray, they will see the will of God done on the earth. Peter was asleep, he didn't care. You know, Paul wrote, for me to live is Christ to die is gain. He said, it doesn't matter. He says, well, I stay here and help my people grow and, and, and start another church or raise up another minister. That's fine with me. If I go home to be with the Lord, that's fine with me. As a matter of fact, I'm torn between the two. I don't know if I'd rather stay and help or go and be comforted. That's an awesome attitude. Not afraid of death, not afraid where you're going. That's a privilege that only belongs to Christians. Because we ain't worried, you know. Hey, you know what? Whatever happens to my body after I'm dead, I don't care. Throw me in the ditch. You know, I don't care. You know throw the body in the ditch. I'm not in there. I don't care. Okay? I'm gone. You know, I love to be a Christian. I love being a Christian. I, I love serving God. 
and stuff. And, it, and nothing stops when I leave here. It just goes on and on and on. And when y'all, and if y'all live long enough to see my funeral and stuff, y'all just come and party. Because I guarantee you, I am just running around heaven. Nobody can, Vince, calm down. I'm running into the walls. I'm running. Vince, calm down. Just be cool, dude. I'm going to be like that for about 100 years. Praise God. Hallelujah. When y'all get there, y'all going to see me running around. Who's that running around? Pastor Vince. Praise God. Look, this is some radical kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Kind of radical prayers. You know, I got kind of, if you get in your prayer life, God will teach you radical prayers. It's, it's not something that, that really can be taught. It's, it's really got to be caught. It's really got to be an experience. But once you experience it, you'll just want more and more and more. I remember one time coming out of Pizza Hut, me and about 12 of my friends after church. You know, you got that radical group of people in church. You know, they're kind of young. They don't know very much and stuff, but they want to see a move of God. And people were trying to disciple me, and I was just being a wild Christian thing. And I needed to be, you know, I needed to be discipled and things like that. And I was kind of, you know, really had a lot of zeal without knowledge. I was just goofy in love with Jesus, and I just wanted to run until, until I couldn't run anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm with our friends, and we step outside a pizza hut. And we were all heading for our cars, and it began to rain because it was our habit to pray for each other before we left. So there's about 12 of us, right? 12 adults, we come out. And somebody said, well, as it started to rain and so we started to feel sprinkles on it, somebody said, the devil's trying to stop us from praying. Well, you don't say that to charismatic Pentecostals, okay, that don't have a sense enough, you know, not to pray, okay? It's just crazy. It's like we all did an about face and ran to the middle of the Pizza Hut parking lot. And we joined hands and began to pray. The fire of God hit us. Two and a half hours later, still standing in the middle of that parking lot, still in a circle, albeit our positions had changed. Okay, because that circle moved. I don't know, God moves, we move, and we, that circle had, I was totally in a different place than where I was when I started. I remember flashes of things that was happening while we were praying. And you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, everything that we prayed for, but I'm pretty sure we prayed for everything. Okay. <laughs> In that circle, during that time, I saw a police car come. Police car, policeman get out of the car. Policeman walk into to Pizza Hut, walk out of Pizza Hut, get in the car and drive away. We're still in the middle. We're still praying. There's people laughing. There's people crying and weeping for the Lord all at the same time. You know, there's, there's whooping and there's the whole Pentecostal crazy thing. You know, and there were some people who weren't making them sound, but they were weeping and all kind of liquids were pouring out of every orifice of their face. It was, it, it was craziness. It was, it was charismatic chaos, yes. so to speak, but we never broke hands. Our kids that were in the van that, that we had drove there were scrunched down and hiding, okay? <laughs> they were like, our parents are crazy. They have lost their mind. Jesus, get us out of here. Rapture us now. <laughs> 
we came out of our charismatic stupor. And I'm, I'm, I, I can't describe it. There's no words for it. We looked up into the sky. Okay, look, this is amazing to me. What brought us out of the stupor was the rain. The rain on the left, the rain on the right, the rain behind us, and the rain in front of us, blowing in sheets, except for not a drop touched us. And we looked up in the sky, and it was like a hole in heaven, all dark clouds except for one place, exactly over, over Pizza Hut, and stars shining like the glory of God. We were like, <gasps> if I had not been there, I wouldn't believe it either. If I had not had that eyewitness account, but it started me down the road of looking for God and every time that I prayed, every place I go, I would go praying. I was so on fire, so, so ignited for God in prayer because God would just be showing up all the time in all the places that we went. Every time we prayed, we started a prayer group out of that. And we would get together on Friday nights and we would stay together till Saturday morning just waiting for the fire to fall, waiting for God to show up, waiting for, we would just like, come on, Jesus. We would just, we'd sit around, we'd play Pictionary, we, we played games until the Holy Spirit moved us. And all of a sudden, man, we would just stop and we would begin to pray. And the power of God would enter where we were at. And now we've seen some amazing things and we've seen God move some amazing ways. All because we decided to get together. There are certain things that you will never see praying in your own prayer closet by yourself. And I mean, that's commendable and that's wonderful and you need to do that. But there are some things that only happens when the children of God get together as a group, dwell together in unity, be in one place, in one accord, and the fire of God comes. Bam! Amen. And literally all hell breaks loose. Breaks off of you, breaks off the folks around you. Hallelujah causes peace that passes the understanding. We shut Pizza Hut down. And when we finished, all those car spots were empty, but we were still there praying. And we hadn't, I don't know how those cars got out of there. We didn't even have to move. It was an amazing thing that God did. And I don't know about you. Why am I telling you about the Pizza Hut thing? Well, I'm telling you about the Pizza Hut thing because the power of group prayer is crazy, man. I would not miss EMP in Wasilla for nothing. I just gonna show up, man, bring me some popcorn and just watch if I wouldn't even go pray. Because I know what God will show up in that place. And God will do great and mighty things. I could go on and on, but Pastor Daniel said I had to quit. Okay, so <laughs> but listen to me, church. I want you to know the MP, I had people walk out of the parking lot. I had a guy come out of the parking lot one time. I was, I was praying with my pastor, and it was only me and him at EMP. And a guy came in and knocked on the door, scared the snot out of me. And get the bam, what? Uh, uh. I, was, I was so in prayer. You know, and it started on me, somebody knocked on the door. And the guy said, you know, I pulled up last night. This was after all night prayer. Guy said, I pulled up last night. Said, I don't even know how I got here. He says, I, God just told me to go left, and I, I went left, and then he told me to go right, and then he told me to come this, then down this street, and then he told me to park in the parking lot, which ended up being the church parking lot. And he said he got up and he, and, and this morning and, and he had to come knock on the door. He didn't know if anybody was there or not. And he knocked on the door at 7 o'clock in the morning and we were there praying uh, through all night prayer. Me and the pastor. Everybody else had left. 
The guy comes in, received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, gets the devil dropped out of him, happened to be a professional drummer, got on the praise and worship team and, and, and was praising God. Hallelujah, at our little church. God saved him, God delivered him because we was gathered together in Jesus' name at a certain spot. Yes. Same church, someplace, different time, pre-service prayer in the morning. Buddhist guy came out of his house. Church had been there for eight years. The man had never spoken a word. He was a Buddhist. Okay, we're standing there praying. It's just me and the pastor. The guy comes in, walks down the hallway, comes into the sanctuary and says this. Will you pray for me? I've been diagnosed with cancer. This was Sunday. He says, Monday, I got to get on the plane and they're going to cut as much of that cancer out of me as they can. We prayed for that Buddhist guy. Okay, we prayed for him, lay hands on him, said that, you know what, God will heal you if you would believe him. That man came back on Wednesday night at our Wednesday night service and gave a testimony that when the doctors cut him open, they looked inside and they couldn't find a cancer. You, you think you're excited. I'm, I'm a young Christian, right? I'm just like, the, the zeal of God is on me, no knowledge. I'm freaking out. He got healed. He got healed. He got, whoa! But I've seen the power of God come because of people decide to gather together in his name and pray. Way before I ever heard of Rodney Howard Brown, I had prayer meetings, you know, after, after, after my Bible study. And I had people laughing and falling out in the spirit. I didn't know what it was. I was confused. I, did. I was like, this is great. I don't know what's happening, but I feel a piece of God. And there's, there's senior citizens laying on the ground, okay, passed out. And I mean, it's okay for a young person to be passed out on the ground. But, you know, you see an old lady go over like that and you be going like, I'm going to jail. Okay, it's like, you know hit the ground all by herself, out in the spirit, see her friends start laughing at her, okay, because she's on the floor, and I'm going, what the, Jesus, what are you doing here? I seen a girl, Baptist girl, we had, we had prayer, and the Baptist girl came, she said, well, I've never seen anything like this, uh, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I really want to know, and so, we, you know, we're Christians, we prayed for her and stuff, and we went back to praying, and we put her in the kitchen by herself, and she came out of the kitchen. I remember this prayer meeting. She came out of the kitchen and said, she said, my hands, it's on fire. We said, get back in the kitchen, get back in the kitchen, get back in the kitchen. You know, 15 minutes later, she comes back out of the kitchen speaking in tongues. Baptist girl. Okay, never been to a charismatic church ever. Never been to a, didn't know what a Pentecostal was. Comes out speaking in tongues with her hands raised. Tears running down her face, praising God. I don't know where about look. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. Hallelujah. But I want you to know they prayed together. And when they prayed together, even the king couldn't stop them. Okay, here's my clothes. I, I didn't tell you what happened with the with the Martin Luther thing. That guy went on to live. He 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 just he read the letter from Martin Luther. He couldn't even speak at the time. After reading his letter, his strength came back to him. The guy lived another five years. Five years from the point he got that letter, Martin Luther died. Two months.
months after Martin Luther died, Marconius died. And remember that Martin Luther had prayed. He said, God will not let me hear of your death. As a matter of fact, you're going to outlive me. And he did by two months. The power of prayer. It's amazing. But you can't have that kind of power in prayer. You will never see the things that I'm talking about unless, number one, you pray. And number two, you got Jesus in your life. You will never see the power unless you have the one that brings you the power. And his name is Jesus. I would not lie to you. You cannot pray in nobody else's name. There's no power in no other name save the name of Jesus. And when you pray in his name, things happen and things change forever. I don't know what you're believing God for tonight. But it's time for you to pray the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous of faith of much. It's time for you to get down there and, and get in and engage. Not just watch, not just stand afar off, but engage into what God is doing. That you would get in the spirit. That you would no longer be tossed to and fro in the middle of the night by the things that the enemy is doing. But as you call upon the name of the Lord, he will instill in you his power. He will cause his spirit to be stirred up inside of you. And you will come out of that prayer. Like, oh, oh, where you at now, devil? Hallelujah. You'll come out looking for a fight, looking to do something for Jesus, looking to show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The power of prayer is an amazing thing. It goes beyond your circumstance, beyond your situation. It enables you to do what you cannot do. You know, I feel the weariness of people that have prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing's happened but see you're, you're looking for something to happen according to what you're praying what you're not doing is looking for the one that you pray to and watch him give you what you need for what you're praying for see sometimes you don't need your circumstances change you need to change and God will put the power in you to change you not to change your over circumstances but make you an overcomer of your circumstance and of your situation he won't change the situation he will empower you to overcome the situation that will not change yeah. Amen. Amen. hallelujah it's time it's time that y'all got into God for the right reasons. Yeah. It's time that we engage the enemy. Hallelujah. Not looking for our resort, our, our, our results, but not our will. All we're asking is that God's will be done in and through our lives. I hope I've inspired you to pray with a new attitude. Hallelujah. My final close. Look, you might be here tonight. You might, know Je might not know Jesus the way you need to. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have the power to overcome your circumstances and situation. But if you're here tonight and you feel that this is what I've been looking for, this is what I've been waiting for, and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you. Or maybe since receiving him, maybe you got discouraged. Maybe you got overcome. Maybe you got beat up. Maybe you got you know, just depressed, but you say, Jesus, 
if I if I return to you will you you will you receive me again I want you to know the prodigal son wandered away too but when he came back his father who represented God ran out to him and made meet him and greeted him and brought him back in to his house and threw a party for him hallelujah if you've wandered away from God if you'll come back tonight God will throw a party for you and there's some people out here you just the enemy's been lying to you and you just need to make sure that heaven is your home if you you breathe your last here you'll breathe your first in heaven so if you're here tonight and you want me to pray for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to him or you just want to make sure that heaven is your home simply raise your hand right now right where you're at and say pray for me hallelujah I thank you for those hands I thank you for those hands I thank you for your hands anybody else hallelujah want to come to Jesus tonight I want you all to stand You know, if you can't live for God here, you'll never live for him out there. You won't make it. Jesus said this. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I deny you. I will deny you before my Father in heaven. If you raise your hand, I want you to make your way out of your seats and come stand on these altars. Even if you didn't raise your hand but meant to, I want you to come also. everybody here on this altar and everybody in this whole sanctuary to repeat this after me say Lord Jesus I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all of my sins come into my life come into my heart be my Lord and be my Savior write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again and that you are alive forevermore. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Here, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that all those that prayed that prayer out loud and met it in their hearts are saved. That their, their destination is no longer a place of out of darkness, but a place, Lord, that you call heaven. Hallelujah, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as they are forgiven, God. They would never run from you, Lord, whenever they make a mistake, but they would always run to you to receive mercy and grace and forgiveness, restoration and salvation, Lord. I pray, God, that they would read and understand your word, that they would be filled even right now with the power of your Holy Spirit. Change them, Lord. Begin to make everything right in their life that is wrong. And help them every day to live for you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's some, there's some ministers, some servants of, of God that's going to come and help you. And 
and work with you. If you'll turn around, there's somebody that's going to meet with you just for a few minutes. Now, I want to pray for this entire congregation. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for anybody who needs prayer after this. But while you guys remain, I just want to release over this church the unction of God to pray. It's not something your flesh will ever want to do, but your spirit wants to. Your spirit man wants to. Whoa. Let me pray for you before, before you go, before you are dismissed. Father, I thank you for KC Wasilla and everyone in this room tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them full of faith, Lord, that they would be seekers of your faith, that they would gather together in your name, God your name and be saved to receive revelation Lord from you God give us hearts give us the fire of God so that we would pray God that we would even gather together in your name that we would pray that we would pray God in a grocery store we would pray in the laundromats that we would pray in our cars your word says pray without ceasing That we would just stop talking to people, Lord, and start praying with people. Father, have your way in this congregation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Pastor Finn was a great word. Go ahead and give him a hand tonight. Thank you. Takes hands with somebody tonight as we're closing. Let me just bless you. Father, I thank you so much for your word that's gone forth with power tonight. Lord, I thank you for even a fresh call to prayer. Lord, we will pray. We will seek your face. And Lord, I thank you for giving us everything that we need to do it, your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Love y'all.